Hello and welcome to another episode of the Edgy Futurist podcast. It is great to be with you for this episode. Uh, we have two very special guests uh, for you today. Uh, our first guest is Joe Fletcher Saxon, who you might remember from episode 82, who is assistant principal uh, for higher and adult education at Ashton Sixth Form College. We have Steph Wilkinson, who is quality advisor at Landex, which I'm sure she will get into today and has previously worked at Barnsley College as well as Myerscore College in previous and various roles, not least being responsible for teaching and learning in her last role. Yeah, Steve and I joined Steph on her AP Connect event earlier this year, where she gathered together advanced practitioners from around the UK. Both Joe and Steph are heavily involved in Joy Fee, love creating and starring in great podcasts and are passionate educators. So, Joe, Steph, thanks for joining us tonight. Hello. Hi. I know, Joe, you're still at work, so thanks for thanks for staying on. And uh, Steph has told just told us before she came on air, she's just rolled in from the yard. I don't know if that's like like the ghetto f- from Cheshire or or or, uh, or something something a little bit more um, sensible. Yeah, just to clarify, just been to see the horse, just to uh, make sure he's all all right. Bring him in from the field, and yeah, just got back. Well, I think I think we should st- I think we should start there with both of you because uh, um, Joe, you are a farmer as well as assistant principal. Um, love 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 seeing your updates about your sheep and Steph. You work in land base. How 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 do you get into? How do you talk about technology and talk about education if if you're into farming and animals? Uh, well okay so my flock of sheep have really been a joy in lockdown really you know they're just (laughs) they're a a kind of a mindfulness for me they're a distraction from the workplace yeah just to um clarify they're not mutually exclusive Mm. technology and and animals um but yeah (laughs) thanks thanks thanks. (laughs) just um just uh, gone into back into land-based education and there's some amazing stuff going on at the minute actually with agritech and obviously with the last 12 months technology and teaching and learning is um massively accelerated so really exciting times actually yeah i think it's a it's a big growing industry in terms of um land-based provision the whole thing around your solar uh, and, and sustainable environments but also this whole thing around um automation in farming and land-based um curriculum and everything else i don't know whether that's something that landex are, are supporting and we will go into that but uh yeah we we, we are calling you a farmer judge we discussed it beforehand <laughs> Did you, you, i think i think shepherdess would be a better term yes yes <laughs> York, yorkshire shepherd we should you should have a tv show i don't know, I don't know if it'd take off but Do you know, cool. I, think, I'd watch I, know. It. I think it might have been done i just don't have enough children but yeah <laughs> So, Steph, obviously onto pastures new quite recently uh, with Landex. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. uh, working in the um, in the sixth form college. Uh, in terms of supporting organisations, in terms of education organisations, and working in a sixth form college, what is that looking like now? We're returning to the buildings. How does that mm-hmm. feel currently for you guys in your different roles? Well, I mean, we've 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 sort of staggered at the return of our. Um, of all of our students really um i know there was a probably a sense of urgency for some uh, to, to, to kind of get back to this idea of normal whatever that is whatever that means 
Um, but you know that there's also the staff well-being to consider in terms of them feeling it was organized and safe and you know a steady return to the classroom so we, we have staggered the return most of our younger students pretty much back now our adult students are just starting to come back now um he students of course can't come back till after the 17th of may um but yeah it's the the building starting to feel fuller certainly yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of things going on. Um, some some colleges are, you know, students are back and uh, resuming sort of normal, like Joe said, whatever that is, sort of normal timetables where where possible. And then you've got others who are doing sort of um, blended approaches. Um, I think with land base, one of the the biggest urgencies at the minute is practical skill development. So it's really interesting. Um, talking to um, colleges about how seasonality has actually played into um, the last 12 months. So there are practical skill development um, opportunities that have kind of, you know, the windows have gone because of the seasonality of certain things that need to be done. But um, most students were back in time for lambing, which um, it's been great for the students to get back and get back into things sort of really quickly. But yeah, at the minute, the practical skill development is is an urgency um, because of of the limited you know amount of time that students have been able to do that. So um, yeah, resuming where possible that sort of back to practical and um, consolidation really of what they've learned in lockdown and applying it to practical. So really okay. interesting. Our early year students are going to be going back out on placement shortly. And actually, the nurseries are really welcoming them. They've been they've been on the phone asking when our students can go back in, actually. So mm. that'll be really good for them. They're going to do some blocks. There's been some interesting ways of getting around it. I know um, somebody was telling me, I know we might talk about Teacher Hub Radio in a bit, but I was interviewing somebody from there from Oldham College, and they were talking about how they'd um, offered well, a sort of replacement for practicals with their public services students by getting the students to write to veterans across Oldham, mm -hmm. which is fabulous. And that kind of stuff apparently is going to carry on. So people have been quite innovative, haven't they, yeah. in terms of how they've tackled the, the lack of ability to go out and do practical stuff? Yeah, totally agree. I think there's been some real innovation and real sidestepping and some real thought put into virtual work experiences, placements and everything else. Definitely seeing that in, across FA. Do you think that anything will you'll you'll keep anything on like any in both of your contexts, some of the um, the new things that have been happening during lockdown? Uh, what do you think you you'll keep, and what do you think you might actually think actually would that well, wasn't as good as we thought it was? We will get rid of it. I know it's funny, isn't it? Suddenly, how you view things through a very different lens. Um, organizationally, uh, parents' evenings actually um, yeah. will change. So obviously we did those online uh, and most places used a kind of system where there'd be an automated cutoff for parents um, after five minutes, that kind of thing, you know, everybody get their appointments. Um, and, and actually that has been a real success. We've had so much more engagement from parents and carers um, in those kind of events because they've been done remotely. So I think we'll be keeping quite a lot of that. 
one of the things that's popping up in my mind is um, the use of technology to support math and English development. Actually, that's been a real success. There's been um, use of different technologies and different tools to really look at um, personalised learning and differentiation for students in maths and English. And quite a lot of colleges are reflecting on that and looking at how they will keep that going into next year. Some of the conversations I've been having recently have just been really interesting around how we can really reflect on the lessons that we've learned. And some of the more forward thinking colleges are definitely, and they've got legacy projects going on. So lockdown legacy projects, where they're really analyzing and evaluating what's happened over the last 12 months and what now we can just either change or stop doing. I think it's also important to acknowledge we need to look at some of the things that maybe we were doing and weren't having an impact and get rid of them, like try and figure out new ways or just scrap them so that we're not constantly adding in. I think we're um, always at risk in education of keep adding things in and the workload just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we don't, we're sometimes too worried to just say, actually, that's not working. We're not going to do it anymore. So I, for me, um, term three is a really important reflection phase because people are now getting ready for next year thinking about what they're going to change or what they're going to do differently and I think the worst case scenario for me but that's because I quite like change the worst case scenario would be would be that we just go back to what we did before and there are some people thinking about you know oh hopefully from September we'll just get back to what we did but I think we'd be very silly to do that I don't know what you guys think yeah, it, it's interesting um, what you were just saying there about uh, not just adding things on, but actually taking yeah. stock and seeing what we can take away. Um, I was today, I had, I, had, I had a little bit of spare time and I was doing some research and um, I, I never actually knew, but Elon Musk has his own um, school. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you know that. I, I had no idea. And so I was doing some research around it and um, he initially set it up for the employees of SpaceX for their their kids but he decided when he was designing it, um, and apparently he was very hands-on in designing it, he, um, they st- decided to start from scratch, like the first principles of education, and explore like explore what those were. But that was one of the concepts that they, they really took to heart, the fact that they weren't just going to add things on to what the, the normal education system is oh, like, yeah. but they were actually going to say, what can, we, what can we strip away? And so they started just by stripping everything away that wasn't actually going to have any meaningful impact to a student's life in the wider world uh you just reminded me of that and i was like really inspired by that today that that actually i think in education we especially because i'm i'm in i'm quite unique in this conversation that i'm in secondary education not further education and and we have a tendency very much so in secondary to just keep adding things on keep adding things on I think it's really common in education and because we're all we go to events we go to conferences we go to we try to learn from each other and then we take it back and go well we need to be doing this or we need to think about this but we don't actually sort of rip things up and throw it away or say actually instead of just adding in we'll redesign it so I think it is um I think I've mentioned this before somewhere um, there's a there's a, a model called the UDAR model and it's all about really rapid 
evaluation and action and it speeds up innovation and change and I really like that I'm, re I'm gonna have a little read of that um, Elon Musk stuff actually Dan because um, I think it's really important that we think about how we do things rather than just because we are at risk at this very moment in time we're at risk of just plowing through term three to get to the end because we all kind of want this year to be done and not really sort of taking the time to figure out what next year really looks like and you know we're at risk of missing a lot of of the lessons that maybe we've learned what about what do you think joe no, I was just thinking, but we're kind of still in a kind of emergency mode, though, aren't we? With the um, mm. tags, with teacher assessed grades, um, or Q tags, <laughs> um, whatever acronym you want to throw at it. So people are, are still, I think, in in that mode of there's still a lot to do. There is yeah. so much to do, and then we're thinking about what we're going to be faced with appeals and so on. So actually, the headspace. It, it's it's quite hard to find one of the mm. i'll tell you one of the things that came to mind when you were talking one of the phrases i really hate that i do here is custom and practice it's custom and practice <laughs> you know and, and, and so what stop it making it a custom and a practice then you know like it becomes like a, a a defense or a reason for doing something without thinking why the heck are we doing it in the first place mm. yeah i think uh just uh, for our listeners, I'll uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to a, a great podcast on uh, Elon Musk School, uh, Astronova. Uh, I'll send it to you afterwards, Steph. But I think I, I've been uh, the the past week or so. I've been putting together a, a report for our uh, uh, local enterprise partnership in the northeast. Kind of exactly what we're talking about here, about how there needs to be some reflection. And at the minute, I think like you, you hit the nail on the head there, Joe, when you said we're everywhere is just busy with tags at the minute and that's that's all that that people are focusing on but i think there's we need because there's the massive danger now that we get those out of the way we we sail into the summer mm. and then september starts like september 2019 um and we just we almost forget like the last two years have happened um and we try and we just go back to normal because because that's what we do, isn't it? We as humans, we 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 fit back into those grooves. Mm. Uh, but we we need we need some time out. I don't know. We need mm. we need somebody in each organisation or, so, or to go right. Let's just let's let's have a conversation here. Yeah. What what have we learned from this whole process, and what I mean, can we implement? We're de we're definitely planning that in. It's a bit difficult to get it in. in we're trying to it'll have to go into our sort of our normal training and planning week so it is sort of pretty much towards the summer sadly but that that is that is definitely there but let's not forget as well that we also need to be planning for any further disruption we we mm. don't know that we're not going to get further periods of disruption you know certainly Ofsted of of um now putting very clearly haven't they into their inspection frameworks about remote learning so mm. I don't know, you know, they might be expecting a bit more than would have been the case before. And we're getting questions, you know, it's coming up in the network meetings. Oh, um, what are your thoughts about a possible autumn disruption again? So, mm. you know, not to scare anybody, but there's also that, isn't there? That we don't quite know whether there might be, yeah, something else happening. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think... When you when you're talking about tags and Q tags, I start to remember thinking about all sorts of acronyms that that, that that come up that rhyme with those things as well. And I think there's a there's 
it gets really um we get we get into this mode of we have to maintain the status quo somehow and we've got to maintain and you know you know what's going on about exams and about uh endpoint assessments and we've got to maintain that they've got to have this many guided learning hours and guided learning hours can mean this in a building with a teacher in front of them and actually what we've seen that's been really successful in terms of blended or what we've seen in terms of um allowing students to be self-paced in some things as opposed to be as as rigid as they have been in 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 front of a teacher we've, we've, we've got to do something with that haven't we and i think i think that's what everybody's alluding to there and i think it's it's, it's exciting to think about some of the um some of the some of the things that are coming up in the future but like you say joe that that just keeping an eye on we might need to uh to, to be aware of this forever um and, and actually learn from some of this forever yeah 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 and uh, yeah i I don't quite know. I don't have a vision of how we're going to do it yet, but there has been so much innovation. Everybody in every organisation will know pockets of innovation and how we capture, celebrate, you know, keep keep that going. If, I don't really know yet because I'm kind of in it, you know, rather than I can't look outside it yet. If only we knew somebody who runs something like Brew at FE could pull something together to celebrate in one place over a beer and a bit of a, a yeah. lovely stodgy stew. Do you know anyone? In October. I, I, wouldn't that be good? The thing is, I think it do you think it'll be like maximum 30 people allowed or that kind of thing, you know? No, by October we should be all right. You, oh, okay. Yeah. So brew Brewhead so Brewheads are you know, they started a couple of years ago. It's Ed Finch and Darren something. something I'm so sorry, I can't remember his surname. And it is people gathering together basically in pubs to talk, teaching and learning in a really geeky way, I guess. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, we run, we only managed to run one and it was a big hit. And then we did a lot of YouTube stuff as well as we hit lockdown. But, yeah, it would be nice to get back to the pub and, and um, talk about teaching and learning again <laughs> well, isn't, isn't it um isn't it that we could potentially you know just thinking about being squeezed for time we could do them virtually like imagine you could do it in lots of different ways you could have if, even if it was internally you could have half an hour a week as like a breakfast meeting or something which is innovation half is it beer at breakfast yeah why Oh, get you, Steph. Since she's doing pressure, she's gone all fancy. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be Prosecco, like it. won't it? It'll be Prosecco yeah. or some kind of <laughs> champagne if she's from Cheshire. Champagne, dear. Yeah. White lightning, um, she's fucking yeah. out. But the thing about Brewheads is they're outside institutional agendas, aren't they? Yeah. But so I was just talking about is a, is a different thing and, again, would be great. Innovation breakfast and all that kind of thing. Fabulous. Well, it doesn't. It wouldn't have to be internal. What I'm saying is, you could do it internally, but you could do it as a as a an open forum, and and you could have it as either like power hour in the morning, or you could have it as like bring a beer on whatever night, and we're all going to talk about what's what what's worth keeping, but we're not just going to talk about it and then forget about it. We're actually going to keep like a track track of of everything that was suggested things that things you know things that have worked things for people to consider and almost make it like public document that people could just look at what people have talked about that's worked yeah we, we, we've yeah. got a lot of 
we've got a lot of people saying what has worked but not necessarily um shouting about it maybe mm. and and i love online stuff but i want that stew again it i know <laughs> yeah i didn't have stew hope i had um i just remember having cake we had yeah. cake yeah, there was a lot of cake as well. Yeah, I know that there has been so much fantastic stuff. I've well, Steph has as well. We've all a few of us have, I think, flourished possibly with all the online opportunities in the past year in terms of professional learning and networking. Um, but yes, I do rather crave some things being in real life, and Brewhead is kind of one of them, really. Yeah, and 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 that does link into um, stuff that we're talking about in terms of things that we we would keep, things that we would continue or drive forward things that we would, would potentially stop and this whole mm. conversation about people trying to stop the train and as um, bob harrison says that put the genie back in the bottle um, and it links into to research and mm. i think this whole narrative or john i know that you're somebody who's really a big power player in in research in terms of fe and some done some great work around trying to raise that to the surface and, and the great work around research in fe but there's a lot of people that think that online learning blended learning has only existed as a response to COVID. Um, and and you know, some people are using it as a narrative. And I think there's so much research out there, even you know, loosely around you know, the outback of Australia. We talk about Maldives, Highlands of Scotland, all of those kind of examples. And mm. the Open University is an example. I was going to say the Open University. Yeah. You know, the Open University. Massive, yeah, I know. One of my students has done a little action research project for a PGCE. And she was identifying the words and the language used in a what kind of a wrong, possibly really, because you know, she was saying, is online learning really the kind of stuff that the OU do, which is purposely designed, really well designed, you know, for those platforms. Whereas what we were doing was emergency remote teaching with the tools we had available in the best way we possibly could. You know? agree. Completely different, is it? I think that's yeah, and we didn't really have the words for that we kept playing around with what to call it quite literally you know definitely definitely I, I, yeah when 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 that comes out uh regardless who's written it i'd love to see it um i think that research and that um those examples need to be brought to the surface there's something hopefully next week that's going to be brought out um from a friend that we all know sammy lambert who's done yeah. some research around um approaches to adult education and particular gcse maths and resets yeah. So she's done some work before she left us and moved on to bigger and better things. So hopefully that should be coming out. And that that's evidence-based. And I think it's got some really nice narrative in there in terms of what students are actually saying and doing and have been doing this year. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Hey, uh, now, listen, talking about Sammy, uh, I, I'm thinking you guys might be a bit jealous because didn't her podcast, um, it was number 36 in the Apple charts last week. Oh, I don't know. It what was. was it? She got a little message from Apple. Oh, lovely. Yes. That's amazing, mm -hmm. isn't it? E&M Booth podcast, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. I wonder how many um, listens you have to get to, to get into that number. I don't, I don't know, but you're the edgy futurist. I'm assuming you know this kind of thing. <laughs> maybe know. we've had a message. Uh, <laughs> who knows? We haven't, we, maybe we haven't told everybody about it. No. <laughs> no, no. But in fairness to Sammy, she, you know, Sammy's doing wonderful work and she deserves that because yeah, um, yeah. and the, the the stuff that she's starting to do with, with Joy FM and, and everything else as well so uh, yeah um, I haven't listened but she's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks so uh, yes. we're looking I forward know. to that one as well and, and I, I will wear my tin hat 
She said sure. it's a, what, a, what is it, a life's ambition, which I thought was a grand claim. <laughs> to attack me live on what she thinks is going live on YouTube, I think. It's not about the podcast. I think it's literally just trying to embarrass me, which, oh. is, which is absolutely cool as well. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, but we do digress, definitely. <laughs> um, so, so on to that, in terms of we'd never really kind of – we did off show. I don't think we really said how, how Steph and, and, and yourself met Joe. And, mm. and the work that you've done together and how that comes together. I know there's Joy FE, but what, what else? What does that look like? Yeah, well, I, I, I'll tell you my story and then Steph can tell you this because we might have very different views of how we met. So um, for a while, there was an annual conference called Reimagine FE and it was held at Birmingham City University. Um, and it was where the worlds of HE and FE collided. Um, so very much, yes, not, I mean, not just about research at all. In fact, that came in later, but, um, you know, sharing of practice and so on. And I was on the steering group one year and I said, what we need is we need a podcaster. We need somebody to come and do, you know, be here live, hear what the conversations are and create podcasts around it. And of course I contacted, um, Steph. She was very cool with me. I must say, I remember <laughs> Was I? Yeah, she was, you know, you weren't easy to get. So, anyway, so. <laughs> well, you know. Frosty, yeah. frosty, you cool or frosty. Yeah, she was playing hard to get, really, I think. So, anyway, <laughs> she, she did she did come along and, uh, you know, and got stuck in. But at, really, those, that many years ago, <laughs> a good few years ago, there, were, there wasn't the proliferation of FE-based podcasts that there are now. Um, and I think they've become very much part of a, a shift in, uh, well, I'm going to say paradigm, in um, what professional learning can and does look like. Mm. Yeah, no, I am. Um, yes, yeah, so, so I remember. I, we also went to, um, I think the first time I met you, Joe. we were at, I'm sure we're in Newcastle. Oh, yes, sorry, yeah. All right then, yeah. <laughs> God's telling that and it's done. Yeah, that's right. Um, we were, we were, what I can't remember, was that... Um, it was an AOC scholarship conference and I was looking yeah, at that, wasn't I? Yeah. AT scholarship, yeah, but we'd, we'd, been, we'd been chatting a little bit or we'd, we'd, we'd known of each other. I, I definitely knew of Joe um, from Twitter and then, yeah, we kind of... Um, found out very quickly after that when after we'd met that we lived five minutes away from each other which was very random i, I genuinely feel like you need to tell the story about that you told us off air about like getting stranded and knocking on a door at like three o'clock in the morning or something <laughs> and i definitely wasn't drunk so um it wasn't that long ago it might have been january and for those people who live in Yorkshire, in a certain part of Yorkshire near Home Firth, if um, you were there, you will have known that we had about eight weeks of snow, like nearly every day. It wasn't every day, but it was eight weeks of what I called Narnia. And this one day, I think it was a Saturday morning, I went to the yard, I went to go see the horse and drove i used to drive past joe's house to the yard and i kid you not there was a six foot snow drift that me and my jeep got stuck in so i just had to abandon my car and luckily i was only a stone's throw from joe's house and just turned up at joe's and i didn't know what to do um and we just she made me a brew and whilst we were 
deciding what to do and then the snowplow came so we were like yay the snowplow is going to rescue us me and then the snowplow got stuck <laughs> so three hours later after helping to dig the snowplow out of the snowdrift I managed to get to the yard um and I, I did ache for a, at least a day after that I we were digging we we're digging the snow, snow plow yeah that was just my um that will be one of my lasting memories of living in Yorkshire and I, I specifically moved out of Yorkshire to get away from that sort of radical weather <laughs> to be fair we all know there's, there's uh, one thing good that comes out of Yorkshire and that's a that's the road into Lancashire so, <laughs> oh, so oh, that was oh, that, that was the hope but it, uh, I, I almost came in there but I was sick in my mouth at that coming <laughs> so I think I think it'd be cool to uh, to get into talking about Steve mentioned there about Joyfe. I know you you two are well involved with Joyfe. Um, just for those people who are listening that might not um, might not know what it is, I don't know how they do that because it's all over the the, the Twitter sphere, um, and it's uh, it's a really great really great work that you're doing. Just tell us what it is and uh, and why you guys are involved with it. I love this question. We get it we get it often. You know what even is Joyfe? Um, Joy FE is, is ultimately, to put it in its simplest terms, is a hashtag and a movement and came about in lockdown one. Um, Lou Mycroft and I had a bit of a conversation that just said, we can't sit back and do nothing. We need to do something. And we just created spaces for people to come and talk um, and listen and uh, debate how we you know, navigate lockdown, but how we really bring joy back to education. Um, and we, we ended up with a, a strap line of joyfully, re, the joyful or joyfully remaking of education. And um, it's just become a place that people can come, can go, can come back and um, just have conversations about education. And uh, we have a couple of things that go on. We have um a public ideas room on a Wednesday evening uh, that people can join um, and that that will remain just online every Wednesday, eight till nine forever, probably. And um, we also have uh, a magazine as well. And we the magazine started because that last Easter when we had the most phenomenal sort of reflection time and but at the same time, so much was going on we just the conversations that were happening were just amazing and we decided to to create the magazine to capture some of those conversations and that kind of has grown as well and now people you know we invite people to write and it's all about how we just sort of the vision for education how we bring or experience joy in education and we just celebrate the positives of education because it is really hard and um, it's not just about FE. We have, you know, all sorts of um, people write for us um, and not, you know, not always strictly just education either, because we, as you guys know, you, we can learn from every different place. And um, so, yeah, it's just continued to grow. We have a, a Twitter account as well. And we just, you know, promote and share. It's all about positivity. And we just welcome people to join that conversation. So lot so um, Joy FE has been the, the space where lots of things have been born, hasn't it? Really. So yeah. 
and and you might not always be able to see see the link but but, but there are lots of things going on in the sector that actually started as a conversation in the ideas room uh, which is just a space that's run within a kind of a Nancy Klein style thinking environment. So I'm thinking like for myself, I've recently launched writing rooms. Well, that was an idea that I took um, to the ideas room um, just, you know, to get some people's perspectives on how that could operate. So, And that, that's going really well now. But the other thing I took there was something called adult conversations. Now, that's a, a, a deliberate tongue in cheek title for an adult education campaign. And there's a few of us working on that with the ambition to put adult education back into the national conversation because people tend to think of children and young people when we talk about, you know, teaching and so on. Um, well, that, that you know, I was able to take that idea or have that conversation in the ideas room and get lots of people's perspectives. So, um, I mean, and there's loads more that, you know, everybody's got some examples of, of what, what they've done because of a conversation they've had in that space. But mm -hmm. I, I take you back to what I said earlier about professional learning isn't always about the thing that happens when you go to a workshop at college. You know, it, it's um, it, these spaces are really innovative um, spaces where great professional learning and development can happen. Yeah, I think I think one of the, my biggest positives that I see um, because of the lockdown and, and COVID is the sharing, the moving beyond silos of organisations. Yeah. And Joy FE is, is one of those. I think it's it's a great initiative, and I think it's a great collective. We've had uh, I brought Lou in to do a thinking environment with my team. Wonderful work. It's absolutely it's absolutely awesome. It's great, and I think it stems to that. And the amount of times that I see. Um, I don't know whether people are targeting me, but I'm definitely not copied in. But every time, you know, Wednesday night, I, I look on a Wednesday night and the amount of people say, oh, it's absolutely wonderful that I've just come out of a, of, of the space and, and people have been supported and thinking my ideas. And that's a wonderful yeah. thing, isn't it? You know, that opportunity just to offload, to share and just say, yeah. thinking about this, what does everybody else think? Or And, and, and I think it, it has to be celebrated. And I think it's definitely one of the strengths of, 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 the, of the movement, as you're saying, definitely. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That um, people are not sure what to expect from an ideas room, but if anybody looks up what a thinking environment is, it, it's that, but online, really. Um, and and people might come with an idea, or they might come to listen, and just having people there to listen is also really important. And I think you can only truly understand the power of it when you've experienced it. So if anybody's thinking, what is it? The best thing to do is just come and be there. Yeah. for yourself because then like you say at nine o'clock everybody pours out and then they all hit social media and there's like this outpouring of um you know adoration really for the experience and that came from um after that first couple of weeks of lockdown and so much going through our minds about what we were doing and I am that person that wants to, I need to process the world by talking and thinking out loud, but I'm also quite a creative ideas person. And, and that came from Lou and I um, just talk, we just constantly having these conversations about the power of reflection and, and the need to think about all these ideas that were coming up because you had kind of, you know, a real sort of fear that, that, um, sort of escalated early days because everyone was just like what are we doing how do we do it what can we do um, and people wanted to connect and people wanted to um hear from each other and so 
creating that space online has been super powerful and and as joe said you know there's a list as long as as my arm as to what people have gone off and done from just bringing um it's often you know some people say i've just only i've only got a little seed of an idea it's like the tiniest little just thought that i've had and by the time they've left the ideas room it's just gathered momentum and this positive energy that just then people go out into the world and do really amazing things so yeah it's a super special space and I was literally scrambling across my chair to, to click me on mute then. So you, you, we've talked about so many different things already. And I think the next, you've both got podcasts and we're going to come on to that because but the first question is, you've got your lambs, you've got your horse, you've got your full-time job, you've got Joy FE, you've got all the diff- different stuff that you do around research. And bro- How on earth do you find time? <laughs> Time is an illusion. Time is an illusion, Hope. Time is an illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very subjective thing as well, I always say. My story about the notion of time is, you know, if I ask my husband to, I don't know, give me a lift to somewhere 15 minutes away, he'd complain. But if he wanted to drive 100 miles to collect something he bought on eBay, it would be not an issue. (laughs) That's That is actually, Joe, you've really hit the nail on the head because what it's about is it's about the energy and the will and the intention that you have. So for me, I am fueled by the energy um, to make a difference. And, you know, I'm not on it with everything all of the time. And you just mentioned the podcast, you know, I've not recorded much recently because there's just been so many things going on and so much change for me personally that I just, um, I don't force myself to do anything, but where I'm drawn, whether it be the Quality Managers Network that I run, whether it be the podcast, whether it be um, Joy Effie, wherever the energy draws me, I'm there and I'm involved and it becomes just part of who you are. Um, Because I would say these days I have quite a lot of, you know, I'm I'm really into um, making sure that I have downtime because there's so much that goes on you know your brain is working so hard every day it's really important that we switch off so um i think it's yeah for me it's just about being in the spaces that bring you energy and for me it's about connecting to people it's about talking to people it's about making a difference and if you have a sense of purpose and i feel really grateful that i have you know, that acts as my sense of purpose to make a difference. It it doesn't, there's no, there's never a question of time. Mm. I, I don't yeah. know if that's the same for you, Jo. Um, I think uh, definitely the energy thing. Um, for me, a lot of the things, uh, sorry, I was going to say a lot of the things that I'm involved in are about a representation of voice. So the podcast that uh, myself and Alistair do, it's the FE Research Podcast. So, yeah, not everybody's interested in research, but for us, it's a representation and a curation of teacher researcher stories oh. that's, that's really important to us. Because if you remember, um, Ofsted um, claimed a paucity, that was their word, paucity of research within the further education sector. And that was in part our, our response to that. So that that's kind of um, 
really important. And that's actually my the basis of my research that I'm doing with Sunset as well. Sunderland um, Uni is about teacher research, really. It's quite well established in the school sector. Of course, it's well established in HE, but it isn't that well established in, in FE. Um, so that's my bit of a contribution, really, to, to challenge this notion of paucity and to kind of curate those stories, to really represent those voices and that work and that body of work. Do you know, I, I think he, we've we've put it in the notes, actually, to talk to you about research and why that's important. And and I suppose we we often have this uh th this notion around research informed education or or experience or experience and and, and whether the, the two things are right or or whether it's one or the other where where do you where do you find um where, what are you finding in terms of the research and and, and what are you finding in terms of uh, the evidence that's coming from that um okay well i mean my area of interest really is about teachers having agency to choose the topics of interest for them in terms of their own professional learning. So they've got an issue in the classroom rather than maybe booking to go off on some training that, that that becomes the basis of their own research project, action research project. They might develop some interventions to trial or they might, you know, start reading through the literature or whatever. Um, so I suppose I'm coming at it from that angle, really. Um, but the, the subjects that people are looking at are just incredibly diverse and some people are looking at really small things that they'll do over a couple of months some people are on full doctorate programs but there isn't currently a kind of infrastructure that reflects all of that so there's a whole body of knowledge gathering and, and knowledge development going on that doesn't have a, a a good infrastructure to support it but then also crucially and this is the next step really is that is looking at how that knowledge is used. So I'm part of um, a steering group for something that's launching next month, which is the Research College Group, and that's 10 colleges. We are founder colleges in this. Um, oh, there you go. So it's like, oh, it's like a, a, new a new announcement for your podcast. And, uh, and what we're really keen on is that, yes, there's quite a few colleges now looking at kind of research networks, which is great. But how is is that then being used to inform the strategy of that college? And that's the bit that's missing at the moment. So that's the, that's where we need to get to, where there's not only a good infrastructure and opportunity for staff to be involved in research that informs theirs and other, other people's practice, that it actually, what, what Sam Jones calls, feeds the tree. That it actually feeds, you know, rather than, say, a, a principalship or a senior leadership team looking outside that they actually look to their own staff for the knowledge that's there i love that joe actually because it brings a few things together that we've just mentioned previously so thinking about you know idealistically we we could develop strategies processes by which teachers are asked to focus on their own practice and, and develop that practice and be part of networks that are external to the college and, you know, use podcasts to inform them and critically evaluate where they're at and what they might do differently. And then, you know, and if you think about that, if you think about changing the face of professional development and what currently happens internally, which is, you know, people create these programs by which people, yeah, there might be some choice in there, but they're, they're internal and 
we're all doing this work across schools and colleges we're all doing this this stuff it's taking us time and money and investment but actually imagine if we kept looking outwards and i i think that would really light people up it would probably save money it would probably um really help develop teacher agency but we're not there yet but some people are starting to have those conversations aren't they yeah <laughs> yes they are i went i went to unmute again i struggled pressing the button i think you've got some technological issues haven't you? I, I, I absolutely have i absolutely have does anybody know anybody who could do any training on this kind of stuff i believe there's something called essential digital skills yes in, in, indeed there is indeed there is i'm i might book on uh, i might book on dan, dan i think you unmuted yourself to jump in didn't you bud uh so if you want to go mate you go did you have a question <laughs> Don't think he did. All oh, right, okay. He's disappeared now. Anyway, I'm here. I pressed. I messed mute again. I'm just. This is like the, oh, this is the most technically awkward oh. I have ever been. I think it, this is this is episode 133. You'd think this was episode one. Snow, <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely snow. We've we, we, we really uh, mastered the craft, haven't we? We're, we're doing well. The I was just going to bring in coaching because I would just like to see where you see coaching fitting into that because uh, we're seeing a big um, uh, uh, rising up of, of coaching in, in the mm. education sector. I know um, the, the three of us uh, are part of the, the Google coaching program at the moment and my, old, my own school and there's lots of schools around uh, my area at the minute that are, are really um, adopting coaching and even, mm. and even um, kind of reducing their 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 CPD and reducing reducing their training so that they can dedicate more time to like the individual coaching do you yeah. see do you see kind of the the two things as separate or do you think they, they can no. be a strategic partnership I think, yeah I think it's all together so I'll tell you what we've done so we uh, launched last year and we're kind of doing a bit of a relaunch of it is um, a model that I'd created called be curious and uh, what we asked all of our uh, staff to to declare if you like is is what are you curious about what's the thing you're interested in not what do you want to learn about not what a trip not what training do you want to go on um not giving them a menu of oh go to these workshops but say just what are you curious about what would you like to know more about and when we gathered that in we then said okay so here's a range of ways through which you can explore that curiosity now one of them for us was coaching so we offered a number of pathways such as the research uh, we've introduced a journal club, like a, kind of an academic book club, um, a couple of workshops, but one of the strands was coaching because um, we're trying to really challenge and remove that deficit model. You know, mm. that you get put with a coach if there's something wrong. Um, so somebody might have picked, right, well, I'm really interested in uh, behaviour of level two boys in resit, you know, this, that, that whatever. And so they could say they might want to look at that through a piece of research, through a journal club, or they might want to go and work with a coach one-to-one. -one. So that's something we've done. We've trained all our teaching and learning mentors. We've sent them off on really good quality um, coaching training. And so that's been a response. So, yes, and we're also working with Leeds Beckett on our coaching award um, where they're looking at the kind of interrogating our coaching practice, really, and he helping us develop and I think it's sort of sitting in the space of maybe where observations might have sat before. Mm, you know, well, 
first, yeah. Is that, um, Rachel? Is that through Rachel Lofthouse? Yeah, I was just I was just going to mention Collective Ed because in my spare time, I'm an advisory board member um, for Collective Ed. So I work really closely with Rachel Lofthouse up at Leeds Beckett. And for me, coaching and mentoring is an essential part of professional development. And that can happen in lots of different ways. It doesn't have to be you know, one-to-one coaching. It can have all sorts of different sort of structures and formats and frameworks but I think um what you mentioned Joe about having it as an option and removing this sort of deficit model is really important and can be really pa- uh, powerful because the 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 magic of reflection and listening and asking you know really um useful questions as a coach or experiencing that as a coachee can really accelerate uh, people's people's learning, people's engagement, people's motivations. And I think, you know, coaching has, um, is sometimes pushed to one side because it's a, it's not a quick fix. Education tries to sometimes, you know, grasp at quick fixes and coaching and mentoring is definitely not one of those quick fixes. And sometimes establishments are not um they're not patient enough to see it through um and education is quite fast-paced so you know the the time and the investment and the slowness sometimes of of coaching and mentoring programs can leave them at risk of people sort of scrapping them or thinking that they're not working but there are also models like the thinking environment which are you know coaching models that can be used that are absolutely really powerful in very short spaces of time um so i think it's something that you know people should be building into their strategies for professional development next year for sure i think instructional coaching has become the buzz thing at the moment hasn't it yeah Um, yeah yeah i mean we're we're not necessarily focusing on that particular model of of coaching just but i'll tell you where our coaching model came from and going back to research which i thought was a success is three years ago when we first introduced the option of a research you know do research as part of professional learning which we call cpd at the time and we've deliberately changed it um is one member of staff wanted to look at coaching and so that was her project for the year she then presented her findings to slt and that's how it's got adopted and rolled out across college so you know, it's it's the power of the two there. I wanted to mention, I wanted to want to pick out from what you were saying there, Steph. Is reflective practice the yeah. only time? The only time truly that we ever talk about that is when we're on a PGCE. <laughs> that, that's it, really. And you know, where is the space other than when you're grabbing a coffee at break in your staff room for mm. for, for proper reflective practice? It really has been stripped out, I think, of the sector, and it is so powerful. Uh, yeah, I had a conversation with someone this week which said, wouldn't it be amazing if, if a college or a school had one hour a week, everybody, which was a reflective hour and there's no emails, you're not doing your to-do list, but there might be, you know, structured sort of reflection frameworks or um, reflection questions, or you might just sit and contemplate for an hour. <laughs> Ultimately, out your beard. Like, imagine. Are you saying Steph's got a beard? 
what? I know. That's lockdown for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, imagine the stuff that could come out of that if yeah. you had um an hour you might even just do half an hour but you had everyone across the whole of the organization there was a half an hour and an hour which was reflection time and i i reckon you could change a lot in that by having that you could i think i can imagine some people wouldn't buy into it that's the problem yeah. sports, oh. isn't it? but that's why we introduced actually journal club because again how often do you say read some stuff talk to somebody about it reflect mm. on it and think oh what does that mean for my classroom it's mm. so rare it's so rare and it's fundamental stuff to our profession it, it, it's we've become a kind of this performative um just you know filling up the students with knowledge and the kind of sense of uh, us as scholars because i actually that's my mantra is every teacher is a scholar it, it's been stripped away do you know so what? reclaiming is it, it reclaiming yeah. I like it. Is the first rule of Journal Club that you're not allowed to talk about Journal Club? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And I think there's, there's, um, we could probably talk all night thinking about the stuff you've done on the, the, the work you've done on quality, the AP Connect stuff, um, lo loads of, loads of stuff. Your passions around adult education as well. We could, but, we could be here all night. But I am conscious that, um, that Steph probably hasn't had a tea yet because she's just rolled in from the ghetto and Joe's still <laughs> at work. So uh, we we just want to say thank you for joining us again today. Um, we will put those links that Dan was talking about in the show notes. And if um, if anybody does want to get in in contact with you, Steph, Joe, where can they find you? Um, mainly, yeah, mainly Twitter um, at Steph underscore Wilkinson um, or LinkedIn anywhere really. I'm at J Fletcher Saxon. Can I ask that you put both of our podcast links into your thing as well? Of course, of course we can, yeah. Yeah, of course we will. Of course we will. And for those who are listening, just a, a big reminder, a massive thank you for to Joe and Steph. Just a reminder that we have our annual um, award ceremony coming up on the 2nd of July. Nominations are in uh, alive now so why not celebrate some people um who are doing great things in in the fe sector in secondary primary wherever wherever you are um and uh, make sure that you nominate those people just go over to www.edgyfuturist.com forward slash awards and you'll be able to find all the information there and register for your free place as well so thanks again steph joe uh boys it's been a good one thanks, cheers, thanks for having us cheers Bye. Thank you. Bye.